Welcome to the Commands of Christ podcast brought to you by the Home Discipleship Network. We're excited about guiding people to the Word of God to experience the abundant life and to be encouraged as they walk as disciples of Jesus all through the power of Christ living in us. And now, your hosts, Gabe Cleeter and Nate Payne. Today we're continuing our look at the command, Judge Not. And this command comes from Matthew chapter 7, um, verse 1, where it says, Judge not that you be not judged. But I want to go ahead and read it in context here because I think that'll be really helpful for us. So it goes on, For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged, and with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. And so there's, there's, there's a lot here, and I'm just looking forward to, to digging into it here. But as we, as we just get started in introducing this command, Nate, yeah, last episode we spent a good bit of time talking about judge not and um, just kind of some of the heart behind it. But I also wanted to, some of looking at it um, in context and of God as the ultimate judge and how we aren't to judge after appearance, we're not supposed to judge after our own subjective um, justice system, but that we're supposed to judge righteously. But I think, too, in understanding Judge Not, really the verses later that talk about seeing a mote that's in our brother's eye and not considering the beam in our own eye is actually part of explaining and helping us understand Judge Not. So, but what is a mote and what is a beam? You know, we can kind of maybe get in a picture of beam, but but mote, what, what is a mote and what is a beam and what's the difference between the two? So that's a good question, Gabe. Let's just go ahead and go back over verse 3. Jesus says, And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye? but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye. So the definition of a moat, when I think of moat, I think of a moat of water, like a, some water, but that's not what it's talking about. The word moat here is, um, in the Greek, it basically means to wither. A dry twig or straw. And what really, Gabe, stands out to me with that is basically it... It's something that's lifeless. It doesn't have much strength to it. It can easily be snapped. I think of like a piece of straw or a, a really dead dry twig, which this is contrasting the beam, obviously. And the definition for the word beam is through the idea of holding up a stick of timber and it's, it, it gives the idea here of something that's fortified, mm-hmm. something that's very strong. I think of um, tree houses. They're built on either telephone poles that hold them up or they're built in trees that, that give them that stability and that strength. It's something much more fortified. It's something much stronger. And this really helps understanding these two because Jesus says, in verse 3, he says, And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? And what's interesting about it is, and I think what Jesus is trying to communicate here, is so often when we see something in someone else that's wrong, that we don't agree with, or even that God's word doesn't agree with, it's so easy to 
not only make a really big deal about it, but then also, and it, and it very well may be a big deal, but it's so easy to maybe, I should say, over-exaggerate it or magnify it. And one of the reasons why it's so easy to do that is because many times, and I think this is what Jesus is trying to communicate, when we see something and someone else that's wrong, many times it's actually a mirror that's reflecting into our own life. And in this case that Jesus is giving this command to judge not, it is that Jesus is specifically saying, how can you look at your brother, his wrong offense, but yet you have something much more or much bigger, something much more fortified, something something, something that's really consuming you. Like how can you help somebody else when you have something that's that you're struggling with that's in many ways a lot bigger and a lot more fortified. It's almost like the when I have a beam in my own eye, it's almost like that beam is like the handle of a magnifying glass. I mean, but bigger than that, but I'm just picturing it like a magnifying the handle of a magnifying glass. And when I look through the failure and faults in my own life, it actually magnifies it and I see it in, in so, even something small in the other person. Right. In other words, I'm best at identifying in other people what's in me. And that's why I think this judge not gives context to judge not. It says judge not. So if I I am harshly judging a small offense in my brother's eye, my brother's life, but I have a, lo- a huge offense in my own life. If I'm harshly judging the little offense, what judgment is going to come back in me for it being in my own life? And so this, I think, is so important. Right. And I think just to add with that real quickly, Gabe, is that when we do get that beam removed out of our own eye, we actually get to see the moat as it is, like the word moat means. Basically, it's it's something that's it's dry. It's a twig. It can be snapped. It's it's lifeless. I mean, what is that com- in comparison of you, you can picture a twig to a telephone pole? I mean, telephone poles kill people if you run into them on the road at a high high measure of speed, right, in your vehicle. But a twig? I mean, and it's just like, it's very interesting. It's like when we get that beam moved out of our own eye, it's like, oh my, wait. It's not necessarily that there wasn't anything there at all, but it's just like it puts it into a proper perspective of not just what the offense really is, but as we're going to see as we go here, how to help, how to genuinely care for, how to help and restore that brother. Well, and I think that that's why it says, well, part of the reason it says, after talking about the meat and the, after talking about how we see the moat in our brother's eye, we don't deal in the beam in our own eye, the Lord has a pretty strong rebuke in verse 5, Matthew 7, 5. He says, thou hypocrite. Mm. First cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast the moat out of thy brother's eye. And this idea of hypocrisy, where I think a lot of times the reason people sometimes, people react to hypocrisy because they, because it's, it's, it's like saying one thing but living another. In other words, it's almost like I'm judging someone harshly, but then if it's in my own life, it's like I am, I am judging somebody, but I'm also having it in my own life. And people react to that because they're like, wait a second, you're saying not to do this, but you do it yourself in another way. Mm-hmm. And so just the importance of, if I could put it this way, Nate, when it comes to allowing God to work in our lives first, it's the me first principle. And what I mean by that is I need to allow God to deal with it in my heart and life mm-hmm. first. Not me first as in me on the pedestal. No, it's actually me first to humble myself, me first to repent of my sin, me first to allow God to deal with the with the with the with the offenses and the issues in my own life. It's me allowing God to deal with the beam in my eye first, and then I'll be able to see clearly to help my brother. Gabe, 
as we're talking about this, the verses that are on my mind are, and we're actually going to get into this, this is actually a future command that we're going to talk about, is the command to do unto others as you would have them do to you. And Jesus states that later here in Matthew chapter 7. But just as we're talking about this, I really get the sense that's kind of what he's talking about is, is you know, and, and that leads us to, to our next point that we want to talk about in this episode is everyone wants justice, but nobody wants to be judged themselves. I mean, so I am so quick to jump on somebody or to point out the fault of somebody else. But yet when the tables get turned and like, okay, well, let's look at Nate Payne's life, you know, let's, let's, let's look and see how he's held up to the standard of God's law how he's held up to the standard of the life of Jesus Christ and the living of Jesus Christ. It's like, oh no, you know, it's like, don't do that to me. But, and I think that's that's one of the things that that is Jesus is getting at here is, um, is that basically don't judge in a way that you wouldn't want to be judged. Don't judge mercilessly without mercy or don't judge harshly but judge and we'll talk about this maybe as we go but judge with righteous judgment judge in a way with the understanding that i've been given mercy i should show mercy that's not getting a get rid getting rid of a standard of righteousness but it's actually desiring to seek to restore a fallen brother with the understanding you know what i've been shown mercy myself because i think our tendency is like you said is to be like god judge that person that offended me god judge that person that i know is doing wrong god judge that person that hurt me but then god have mercy on me you know what i mean we're subjective that way yes yeah but god praise god he's not subjective he shows he he shows judgment he shows mercy in all the perfect ways and just he's the one we are to look to and you know i mentioned earlier about how when we have how when we have a beam in our own eye it's almost like the beam is a handle to a magnifying glass that magnifies a small thing in our brother's eye and makes it look like it's this lion-sized defense in some ways and i think that we see this so clearly actually displayed in, in, in a story in scripture. And this is when um, with Nathan and David. So you remember David had sinned with Bathsheba and then had arranged for the killing of Uriah the Hittite who was Bathsheba's husband and just a very serious and tragic situation of, of, of grave sin that had happened. Um, but you see now Nathan's coming to basically confront David about his sin. But it's interesting the way Nathan does it. The way he approaches David is, and this is in um, 2 Samuel um, chapter 12, verses 1 through 15. And I'd encourage our listeners to even read over that because there's so much here. But just, but just the way he approaches David is he, he approaches him with a story. And he gives a story of a man who had a little lamb and he was very poor and he had this precious little lamb. And he even says he treated this lamb like it was his own daughter, like almost like a daughter, like a child, you know, that he cared so much for this lamb. And then there's this rich guy that has all kinds of things he could want. And someone comes to visit the rich guy and the rich guy comes and takes the lamb, the one little poor lamb that this poor person had and takes it to feed, you know, his guests or whatever. And, and so he's talking about this offense. Obviously, the rich man did a wrong thing in taking the lamb. And so then he presents this story to David, and David just has this lion-sized response. It's almost like I think the sin in David's life magnified this offense that he was hearing about. And he says he should be—this man who took the lamb should restore full fold and be killed because he showed no pity. And it's interesting. 
Was that a righteous judgment? Was it according to God's law that a man who steals a lamb be killed? No, that was an unjust judgment. That was not. Scripture doesn't say that when someone steals a lamb, the, the recompense should be that they would be capital punishment, right? That, would, that wasn't a righteous judgment. But that was David's harsh judgment, I think, because of the sin in his own life. And then Nathan turns it around and says, you're the man. Mm. And whoa, the weight of that. It was like David was so quick to judge according to his mm. judgment, not according to Rice's judgment. Like, we can be so quick. Like, I can be so quick to do. Then God often turns the mirror around and says, you're the man. Yeah. And just the humble. And it's amazing to see David's response. Whoa, he humbles himself. Mm-hmm. And, and God shows mercy to him, even though there were still consequences for the sin and things he had done. And I think that we have to allow the Lord to turn the mirror around. And we're, mm-hmm. when we're judging and, and, and angry at somebody, mm-hmm. we need to allow God to turn the mirror around. Because so often God turns around and says, when you have one finger pointing out at your brother, there's three pointing back at you. He oftentimes, God turn, uses his word as a mirror and turns around and says, you're the man. Mm-hmm. I want to deal with it in you. Mm-hmm. And I think we have other examples to Gabe in scripture, such as Haman and Mordecai in the book of Esther, where Haman is jealous. He's envious of, of, of Mordecai and, but then, but, but he's also, um, I, I think he's just, Mordecai doesn't show him the type of respect that he would want. And, and then you see Haman plotting basically the murder, the unjust murder of Mordecai. But then what are what what you find later in the story is the very plan of murder the very plan that of basically what Haman was was wanting to do was to hang Mordecai the very thing that Haman wanted to do Mordecai is actually spun around and Haman gets hung on the very gallows that he built for Mordecai which is an incredible story. And, and not only that, but we also see the same situation with the enemies of Daniel, um, where the, the other princes um, were, were wanting to trap Daniel, were wanting to trip him up, were wanting to find fault and accusation because he had such high favor with the king of Babylon. Well, what happened? Um, they, they plotted that... Um, that basically if he wasn't to follow through with the law of of only praying to the king and not to any other god basically he would be thrown into the lion's den well as we know he did end up getting thrown into the lion's den because he only prayed to the lord right but god shut the the lion's mouths but what ended up happening his enemies were actually thrown into the lion's den and so i think it's like we've been talking about, Gabe, it's so easy just to be quick in judging, but yet I'm sure the day that Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, I'm sure his enemies were, weren't thinking, oh, this, this, this table's going to get turned around on us. Or, for instance, Haman, I'm sure when he was creating that gallow for Mordecai, I'm sure he wasn't thinking, oh, well, this is actually for my neck. You know what I mean? I mean, that's it's, it's very grave, but we need to see, I think this is all part of seeing life, seeing even these um, faults and failures through God's eyes. Well, and I think that it's it's like, because it, if what you're showing here is this, this is a biblical principle that's talked about in other places in Scripture of what we judge, we will be judged. Right. In many ways, the stone we roll will roll back on us. That's right. And so what I think is really important to highlight here is that it is the the principle of that 
in all three examples, David, Daniel, um, Haman, all of them were judging with unrighteous judgment, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so it was like all three examples, there was unrighteous judgment being judged, and that turned around and came back on them. And so just to realize the seriousness of that, oh, that I would be careful to make sure that I'm not judging unrighteous judgment, because mm-hmm. in what judgment we judge, mm-hmm. we're, we are judged. That's right. That's right. And as we kind of wrap up this episode, Gabe, I think as we talk about judgment and judging and Mm-hmm. Um, the purpose of judgment, really, of, of righteous judgment, I should say, is restoration. I think as we talk about this and doing unto others as we would have them do to us is understanding that, that you know, you, I, every person, every believer has been shown great mercy by the judge of all the earth. God is the righteous judge. And if we were all held to the righteous standard of God, (laughs) nobody would stand at all. Uh, We would all perish. But God showed mercy in sending his son, Jesus Christ, to be the covering, to be our righteousness, to be our very life, to exchange our life for his life so that when we do stand before God, which we will, every person will stand before God, but those that have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, when they do stand before God, they will stand in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, which is, which is a perfect righteousness. So with that in mind, if we've been shown so much mercy and grace, shouldn't we show it to others? I think that is very important. And I'm just going to finish here by reading Luke seven forty seven. Um, It's actually where a woman who's noted as a sinner comes in and begins wiping the feet of Jesus with her hair and washing and cleansing the feet of Jesus. And Jesus says, wherefore I say unto to thee, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And this woman apparently recognized who Jesus was. He was the Messiah. He was the Savior. He was the King of kings and Lord, and Lord of lords. And this woman recognized her lifestyle was wrong. It didn't line up. And when she came in and um, found Jesus, she began washing his feet, with even with her tears, I believe the scripture says. And just as a picture of submission, of, of, of humility, and recognizing her need for a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. and But it's interesting. It says, for she loved much, but to whom, or I'm sorry, it says her sins, which were many, were forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And just understanding that if we really can get the picture in our minds of how much we have been forgiven, of how much God has had mercy upon us, it will be that much easier to forgive, to look to restore those who have offended us, to look to, instead of just real quickly pointing the finger, instead of just pointing the finger, looking to help that person to bring them back into a right relationship with God. It'll just be that much easier. So as we conclude this episode, for our listeners, it's easy to point out the faults in others, But I have a question, and this is the same question or 
proposition that Jesus is putting forward, and that is, where is your relationship with God? Are you work, walking in perfect harmony with the Lord? Are, are the things that you seem to react to in others or seem to so easily be able to spot in others, are those things that God may be wanting to deal with in your heart and in, and in your life? These are, these are deep questions and kind of difficult to ask, but I think it's really just to do that because this is what Jesus is saying. And so we would just encourage you, allow God's word, this command to judge not, to sink into your heart and to your mind and to begin to change your perspective on basically how God wants us to interact with other believers, how God wants us to interact with just others, period. And let the Lord change your mind in this and give you his perspective. So I look forward to our next episode where we actually talk about practically how do we carry out this command? What are the tools that we can use to actually apply this to our lives? So stay tuned for that episode. We look forward to you guys joining us then. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on this journey through the commands of Christ, brought to you by the Home Discipleship Network. If you would like to go deeper in this month's focus, head over to homediscipleshipnetwork.org, where you can download a free study guide to accompany each command. And if today is your first time with us, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you will be able to join us each week as we explore the commands of Christ together. That's it for today, and we'll be back with more next week.